0: Good morning. Welcome to the morning. G. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a fantastic show coming up for you. We're kicking things off with uh, reminiscing, reminiscing about dates gone bad. What's the f- worst first date you've ever <laughs> been on? I've been on a few of them.
1: Okay, listen, I'm just laughing because I know what this story is because I heard it last week. AJ, you're no going to die. It's almost unbelievable in the way that this woman narrates the date. So
0: there's a story behind a story. There's a story behind a story. got it, got it, got it. Because
1: I haven't been on too many. Oh, God, I did go on a horrible (laughs) date. Oh, yeah, nope, I've got one. But this woman sort of takes the cake. I've been on two
0: really, really, really bad first dates. They were both with actors. That's oh, that tracks. That tracks. Also, we've got our uh, political expert, Ryan Basham, joining us for Red, White and Q a little bit later. Uh, and, and it's going to be a fantastic show. We're talking about Joe Manchin, of course, once again, uh, the senator from West Virginia who is at the center of all the controversy right now in the Democratic Party. Also talking about Colin Powell's legacy. That's a name that was a behemoth in the world of politics growing up for me. Um, and, and, and it's interesting how his legacy will be remembered now that Donald Trump is saying that he's saying about Colin Powell. And now Colin Powell himself did not consider himself a Republican uh, by the time he passed. A very interesting conversation we're going to have a little bit later on. But right now it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what do you got?
1: All right, well, the FDA plans to allow a mix-and-match approach to COVID-19 booster shots, meaning people can get a different vaccine for their booster dose than they did for their original dose. Now, last week, FDA vaccine advisors reviewed research from National Institutes of Health that suggested it didn't really matter which type of booster people got. It still provided more protection. Some hope it may encourage people to get boosters and cut down on brand confusion. So far, Pfizer is the only COVID-19 booster authorized for some Americans, but that could change when advisors meet this week to discuss Moderna and Johnson & Johnson boosters. While boosters have been recommended for people 65 and over and some who are immunocompromised, a source says boosters for Americans as young as 40 could be recommended soon. We are having a conversation with Dr. James Simmons tomorrow at 8.20 Pacific, 11.20 Eastern. Uh, with for what the health. Now, in other news, President Biden has dictated the first cuts uh, to the pared down economic spending bill. Tuition free community college is out despite being a major White House priority. The child tax credit, another key priority, would likely be extended for only one more year, which is much shorter than many Democrats wanted. Other provisions for elder care, disability care and paid leave benefits may also be on the chopping block. The cuts are an attempt. To pare the proposed $3.5 trillion price tag down to $1.9 trillion to appease moderate Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, who holds a critical vote. However, Biden said they plan to keep an expansion of Medicare to keep more progressive members on board. All right, rounding out news on the beat this morning, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki quickly shot back at Fox reporter Peter Ducey after he compared President Joe Biden to Donald Trump. The quick-witted official has made humiliating Ducey into a sport followed closely by the internet, but this time she made it hurt. She said, well, since you gave me the opportunity here, Psaki started after Ducey insinuated that Biden was wielding the Department of Justice for his own personal whims like Trump did. She said former President Trump used his office to incite an insurrection. He put political pressure on senior DOJ officials to propagate lies about the election to the point that they threatened to resign uh, it was said that uh, Saki's constant takedowns of Fox News, re- Fox News reporter Peter Ducey tickle the internet every time and has launched the hashtag Saki Bomb.
2: We <laughs> appreciate you. That's a really good. Jen Saki Bomb. Socky bomb.
1: <laughs> okay, Ooh. let's get into a little weather. It's going to be. Would, a, high-
0: would a Spicer have been a spice bomb then?
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh, he just didn't bomb anybody though. Remember him? How long did he last?
1: Also, don't you wear that cologne spice bomb?
0: Sometimes I do. And it's delicious. Yeah, it's wonderful.
1: All right, it's going to be a high of 70 in LA today, 75 in Vegas, 84 in Palm Springs, 84 in Houston, 63 in San Francisco, 84 in Phoenix, 77 in Atlanta, 66 in Buffalo, 72 in Cleveland, 63 in Sacramento, 84 in Cathedral City, and 84 in La Quinta. Give us a vibe of the derp.
0: Many receive advice, only the wise profit from it
3: yeah just to put a finer point on the sean spicer talk seven months that's how long he lasted seven months only seven months remember scaramucci what was his name Scar- the mooch the mooch? Yeah.
1: the mooch
0: he lasted for a minute kellyanne 13 she was, days she was there for a couple days oh, oh my, i
1: Kellyanne's got there. the pungent blues yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that tune
0: But then sean spicer went on to dancing with the stars
1: oh, oh that was so awkward that was a fun moment great for him and his career amen amen all right well if this isn't bad enough we're talking what's the worst date you've been on one woman on tiktok is horrified and we have our own stories coming up next
0: so the absolute best first date in the world can still be a little bit tricky to navigate. They can be uncomfortable and awkward. You're kind of feeling the situation out. You don't know what you're bringing to the table. You don't know what to expect from the other person, right? It's 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 the, the beauty of a first date. Mm-hmm. But have you ever feared for your life on a first date? Well, Elise Myers... Uh, <laughs> feared for her life, and spent a lot of money in the process. Now, this viral, this video is going viral on TikTok. It's got over 12 million views so far. We're going to listen to it uh, in her words and sort of break it down for you.
2: This man messages me out of the blue and he goes, I like your face. Let's go get some food. Um, oh, okay. I love food. Stop there.
0: Okay, that's your first mistake. I like your face, let's go get some food.
2: I would have liked it.
0: That's an introduction to a horror film. I <laughs> like your face. I like your face, let's go so get, get some, some food. food. I translate that as, he's going to eat my face. That's what I hear. Go ahead, Elise. Elise.
2: Are you my soulmate? He says, meet me at my house. I will drive us to the restaurant together. Why did we not just meet there? I have no idea. I drive 45 minutes to his house. He's standing outside of it. He walks up to my car and he goes, I've lost my keys. Can you drive us there?
0: Okay. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. A lot of things just happened very, very quickly. She drives 45 minutes to some man's house.
1: Honey, what did this man look like? I won't drive 10 minutes from my house.
0: No, no way. My partner and I have been together nine years and lived together. And we argue about who's going to drive from our house, which we share. Like I'm not driving 45 minutes for a first date. And then he says he lost his keys. You don't open the door, honey, but does she?
2: Should I have just left him right there and gone home? Yes. Did I? Absolutely not. (laughs) He gets in, starts giving me turn-by-turn directions. He could have been leading me to an abandoned warehouse, and I still would have been, like, left at this stop sign? Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, 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 okay. So she doesn't even know where she's going. She's not using her GPS. She's just listening to him say, go left, go right, turn into this warehouse, park here at this dark, scary place. Like,
1: what you're never going to do is have me, one, drive on a date. It's never going to happen. And two, not know where I'm going. Also, I'm so insane. I've got shared location on my phone. Everyone knows where I'm at. It's not happening. No way.
2: But We <laughs> end up at a Taco Bell. Oh. oh. Which is fine.
0: Okay, okay, hold on. Okay. Like,
1: Your mind okay. has changed. Okay, no, Your mind maybe has changed. I
0: kind of get it now.
1: Yes, once, yes.
0: Once you see that beautiful logo... <laughs> and you hear crunchy gorditas running through your mind, then maybe turn around.
2: I'm like dine in or drive through and he's like drive through and I'm like, Great, he has a plan. We get to the speaker and he just leans over and goes, I would like one hundred hard shell tacos, thank you.
0: Wait, wait, wait. A
1: hundred? I mean they're pretty good. I could take down like ten.
0: Wait, are we talking like Doritos Los Tacos Supremes? I could I could eat a bunch of those. I think
1: we're talking regular tacos. Wow. How many of those could you eat? three three regular tacos you're six five.
0: Four?
2: a jam five two i can take down six okay we get to the window he does one of these numbers i'm like did you forget your wallet he's like yeah i was like do you need me to pay he's like yeah i'm like yeah
0: wait wait okay she's taking an inhale and grabbing her debit card i'm sure right now yes I hope, I hope she's at least grabbing like a good flight, like a good like United Explorer card or maybe a, a Delta Amex to get some miles for this because this is going to be an expensive deal. So this this woman right now, Elise, uh, she's gone viral on TikTok for this horrendous, horrendous first date. Just to recap, if you're just now joining us, this guy says, I like your face. I want to eat food with you. That apparently was enough for her yeah. to drive 45 minutes to pick him up. He says then that he is going to drive to the restaurant, but says, I lost my keys. Can you also drive to the restaurant, which turned out to be a Taco Bell drive-thru.
1: But it was not a warehouse where he could kill her.
0: Not not yet, which is where we are now in the drive-thru.
2: I buy the 100 tacos and I'm like, where to next? And he goes back to my house and I was like, okay. No. This is happening.
0: No. No, 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 no. Did no, they
1: get no. the hot sauce? Because I'm going to be honest. I've driven away a few times without the proper hot sauce. It's oh, just not the same. Taco. I ask
0: for like a like a mild or a medium, like a fire, and they give me what's the what's the really 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 hot one? Fire. No, there's one hotter than that.
1: Yeah, it's like scorching. It's, yeah, it's or black like, and
0: red. The label mm-hmm. is not. Yeah, the, not it's the insane. orange one. Not... I think you're confusing Del Taco
3: with Taco Bell. No, I don't eat Del Taco. Oh.
0: It's disgusting. Oh. Um, So, here's the thing. They usually throw about 300 of the Scorcher ones into my bag in one mild, and then I suffer through it. Mm -hmm. What happens to her? I'm
2: just, I'm committed to this now. It's happening. We get to his house. We walk in. His dad is on the couch. I'm like, he lives with his dad. It's fine. The hoops I am teleporting through (laughs) (laughs) to convince myself that this decision that I have made is okay is just wild.
0: Okay. That's relatable. That's very relatable. I've definitely, I've definitely. Okay. So how does this end, Justin? You can't. So, so just... she
3: goes on. She says that, you know, she ends up having dinner uh, tacos with the, with the father, offers to see her studio. And the then... father
1: says, Would you like to see my studio? And that was the thing that made her say, Now it's time to go. No, no, she gathers no. her 95 tacos and she goes to her car where she belongs and she leaves the date asking to never see him again.
0: The man invited her to a studio. That's like Dexter. Dexter mm-hmm. invites you into a studio. Then he cuts you up and, and cleans the, and puts you in a freezer.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing that tipped her over. Like the she dad? made it to the car. She drove the guy around. They went to Taco Bell. A
0: normal human being would be like, oh, their parents are here. I'm safe. But yeah. no, 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 not this guy, though. If this guy is is is, is taking you out on this sort of a first date, you're, his dad's probably in cahoots. His dad probably wanted tacos. The, how the, How much was the bill? oh
2: how much did it cost well a hard show taco right now at taco bell is $1.39 <gasps> times 100 is $139 times 7.25 percent for tax puts you at about $149.07 which was two times the amount of money that i spent on groceries every week which is what that money was actually for
0: she spent $150 on tacos for a bad first date that she had to drive she took it okay. with her though to be
1: fair she lived
0: and lived. Yeah, well, yeah. Where'd she take them? To her friend's house? Home. She'd drive around in the neighborhood. She bought all the ha- tacos. Handing out ta- Those things last for like
3: 20 minutes.
1: Can you save them? Can you put them in the fridge?
3: No. She, she goes on into a later TikTok says she ate every one of those soggy bad boys. She's lying. Yeah.
1: As she should have. Wow. Poor Elise. I thought I've
0: had some bad dates. Yeah, no. Elise compare
1: the cake.
0: Okay, so Hooters, America's favorite wing stop that would actually probably be Wingstop, uh, is in the headlines right now because there's some controversy going on about their uniforms, right? Now, Hooters is iconic for uh, a lot of things. Uh, Really, really terrible service, uh, mid-grade wings, if you ask me, they're terrible, and the iconic orange and white uniforms, right? Now, back in the day, you work at Hooters, that was like the epitome of like, you've made it. You're basically- Listen
1: to me. I worked at a restaurant where we had to wear Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. That's hot. And the girls that got to work there had dual shifts at Hooters. Yeah, of course. And some were in Pomona. Mm. Some would drive all the way out. Mm. And they would make so much money. And this was before the Me Too movement. Yep. This was before anything. They would just put on their vanilla lotion and they'd go sell some wings. And they loved it.
0: Not vanilla bean from from Bath and Body Works.
1: Absolutely.
0: Or plumeria, maybe yeah. sun-ripened raspberry. Yeah.
1: Sometimes cucumber, melon, spritz. Ugh, so good. Mm-hmm. So
0: here's the thing, right? Back in the day, you got to remember, back in the day, when you were a Hooters waitress, that was like the for that era, uh, that was like an Instagram model. This was before Instagram, back in the day, right? Right? They were like famous like Instagram models. Now they're famous on TikTok for showcasing their new uniforms, which are ungodly, if you ask me. These shorts are so, I can't even say they're short because they're not short. They look like, what are the little swim, swimsuit bottoms you wear, Michaela, that scrunch up your butt in the back?
1: Oh, so cute. Right? But what... Yes. If it's like a, is
0: it a Brazilian thing? It's like or a Brazilian a, yeah.
1: with like a little scrunch now to really accentuate the bouteille.
0: Well, their entire cheeks are not being accentuated by anything except because they're out completely. Completely out. And, and a lot of these employees are saying, oh my God, this is just too much, too far. Can't do it. Not appropriate, right? I will tell you this. I've got an update on the story in a moment for you. But I have to tell you a little story about a young man named AJ who almost went to Hooters when he was about 13 years old okay my dad was going to take me to the Indianapolis Colts game to see the Miami Dolphins Dan Marino he was my idol I saw him I did go to the game I saw him break the all-time passing record that day it's now since been broken by Peyton I think um so this is a sports conversation hang in there Michaela it's yeah
1: I'm, kind of, you're, I'm losing gonna, I was okay, gonna, okay to do Hooters because the girls are hot but I don't know what else Tom to Brady say.
0: whatever Justin okay So my dad says, and by the way, we got these tickets because I saved a whole bunch of box tops from a cereal box uh, from like post cereals. Oh my God, why does that track so hard? Sent in an envelope full of them and they sent me two tickets in the mail. Well, that would ever happen today. So we drive to Indianapolis. My dad says to my mom, he's being respectful. He's like, I'd like to take him to Hooters before the game. Mom says, absolutely not. Not going to happen. No way. I'm like 12, 13 probably. Yes. And so my dad says, okay, never mind. We went to some like casual restaurant. That was that. I kid you not, six months later, we happened to go to St. Louis to watch my cousin Jenny and her cheerleading competition. They lived in Oklahoma, so it was like a midway point for us. There happens to be a Hooters in the the place we're staying in the hotel. It's like an old train station turned into a hotel. My mom took me to Hooters. My mom took me. I (laughs) tell you what, that woman was so vindictive. She would not let my dad take me there because of what it might do to me. Then she turns around six months later and takes me there. Probably in hopes that it would save her son. Yeah. Now I'm gay as the day is long, and you Hooters, wanted to help
1: them with their uniforms. Hooters is terrible. You wanted to do their hair and makeup. My
0: sister and I used to every single year on Christmas Eve go shopping, do all of our shopping in Fort Wayne. It was the big city near us, right, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we would go to Hooters. We would go to Hooters for a late lunch, early di- dinner before we go back to go to church with our family and celebrate Christmas Eve. There was, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going. I'm not dogging on women. But the women at the Hooters in Fort Wayne are not like the women I've seen at Hooters anywhere oh my God. else.
1: Oh, my God. These women were
0: struggling. <laughs> and there was our server. We kept seeing her go back to the server stand and they have to wear these tights, those shiny like mm-hmm. the beige colored tights underneath their orange shorts and underneath their white tank top. Well, she would go back there, pull up her white tank top, mm-hmm. pull the tights all the way up to the bottom of her breasts and then put the tank top back down over them. I
1: feel like that's how I put my workout pants we on. I probably
0: saw her do it at least a dozen times. And then she would bring us our wings and ask us if we needed anything and I would say, "Yes, please go change your uniform. It looks ridiculous."
1: I will say after American Idol I was on a Coca-Cola tour and we went into Hooters, probably the only time I've ever been in one. It was in Indianapolis and I was like, "I want I
0: almost went to, I didn't get to probably." Yeah, <gasps> I really
1: did. And wow. I was like I want one of those shirts. And I didn't realize like what one of those shirts resembled. I was like 17 doing a Coca-Cola tour. <laughs> I wish there was a photo. I wore that shirt and I pushed what little boobs I had up and I was like, "I'm here, guys, from American Idol." And like of course my trash mother didn't say like, "That's not the move." She was like, "Yeah, push them up higher." And honestly, looking back right now,
0: I still to this day can't figure sense. out how Carrie Underwood became America's
1: I sweetheart. I don't I don't can't either. Figure out Well, literally. I had America's wings. <laughs> there's
0: <laughs> an update, though. Uh, they've reversed the policy. They're not going forward with this.
1: Good. This is ridiculous.
4: How an
0: entire team at Hooters did not see this problem coming. Or maybe they did. Maybe that was their plan all along. But if you're going to Hooters anytime soon, uh, you're not going to see as much cheek as you thought you might. Yeah. Uh, thank God. I know our listeners are very, very happy about but that.
3: But I do know one thing. You probably hear some Carrie Underwood. Oh, yeah. Shut up,
1: How she's
0: Justin. very
3: popular at Hooters.
1: Okay, well, she's been canceled years ago. Like the shorts. Cancel Hooters.
0: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'. I feel like this one's going to take Michaela and Justin back to an iconic moment this weekend at Justin's wedding. Uh, Michaela, what's poppin'?
1: Well, first of all, it was an iconic moment. Justin and I were dancing to this, but Lisa, my girlfriend, put... Oh, dancing to Backstreet Boys. And then literally everybody came for me on my stories oh my God, and was Lisa. like, Clearly it's in sync. And then I was like, Lisa.
0: You're a DJ, Lisa. Do you not play a lot of in sync <laughs> at the clubs?
1: Oh my God. I, Lisa. I, I, guess, I guess that
0: kind of tracks, actually. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But
1: I'm like, Lisa. Okay, however, uh, Lance Bass and his husband, Michael Churchin, have announced that they were going to become dads to newborn twins. They've been preparing, but uh, unfortunately, they had several failed attempts, a lot of setbacks. So people have just been kind of waiting. But just last week, they finally announced the arrival of Violet Betty and Alexander James, uh AJ? To twin babies. Oh, a- a- AJ. AJ. <sighs> they named their baby AJ. Well, after AJ
0: McLean probably, but he was also a Backstreet Boy, so that's yeah, problematic again. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, the babies are so beautiful. Um, and Lance Bass made a post of the two babies, and it said, Haven't slept much in five days, and I'm covered in ick, but I've never been so happy. Now, there are four of us in this house that wear diapers. Hint, it's not me or Michael. And then it goes to show her two dogs. But I think this is so sweet. They've been married since 2014. They really appear to have a really great relationship. We interviewed Lance, not uh, well, a couple years ago, and Michael uh, was also there, and uh, they just seemed really great. I can't imagine wanting to have a baby for so long, because it's different with gay men. Like, at least I'm in charge with my body for gay men. You have to make sure that, like, the woman doesn't want to end up keeping the baby or doesn't lose the baby, and
0: it's it's really interesting you know i was up in san francisco over the weekend and i met this couple who has a 14 year old son and just like the amount of questions i had as as somebody who is looking to be a father someday with you know my partner who is also a man it is a very different situation it's it's expensive it's time-consuming like they like they said here they've been trying for years and they just now were able to start a family yeah um but uh congrats to these 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 fine young gentlemen and why are there dogs and diapers i'm confused about that part they're old they must be old
1: they're little old doggy boys all right well coming up for red white and q we're joined with joined with ryan basham a texas bill is banning transgender students in school sports and it's heading to the governor's desk we will discuss in depth red white and q next
0: Welcome back to the morning beat. The state of Texas is trying to ban transgender students from schools. What? Also, uh, Joe Manchin, the senator, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, uh, does he believe in climate change? Does he think that we need to take any sort of action whatsoever? Lots of questions right now. He's been a topic of conversation now, this entire Biden administration. And joining us here in about 15 minutes is our political expert, Ryan Basham for Red, White, and Q. We're going to have these conversations and more. Stick around if you're interested. If you're not, stick around because you never know what we might say. We might make the whole segment fun for no reason other than the fact that we're just weird.
1: Part of me thought you were gonna say we might just make up the whole thing and I was like, Sometimes we might. We, sometimes <laughs> we
0: do that. You never ever know. It's like it's like an interactive game <laughs> here in the morning beat four hours a day. You can guess do they know what they're talking about or are they making it up completely? We're
1: squid game. We Red light, are and green light.
0: Squid game. <laughs> It is time for News on the Beat.
1: Okay, the FDA plans to allow a mix-and-match approach to COVID-19 booster shots, meaning people can get a different vaccine for their booster dose than they did for their original dose. Last week, FDA vaccine advisors reviewed research from National Institutes of Health that suggested it didn't really matter which type of booster people got. It still provided more protection. Some hope it may encourage people to get boosters and cut down on brand confusion. So far, Pfizer is the only COVID-19 booster authorized for some americans but that could change when advisors meet this week to discuss moderna and johnson and johnson boosters while boosters have been recommended for people 65 and over and some who are immunocompromised a source says boosters for americans as young as 40 could be recommended soon
0: honey i won't wear nike and reebok together i'm sure as heck going to get boosters that are I, 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 like i'm so weird about brands in my it. brain to put a shot in my arm—that's a totally different, like, thing. Totally. I don't know. I don't know that I'm down for that yet.
1: Well, we're gonna have a great conversation tomorrow with Dr. James Simmons and What the Health, 8:20 Pacific, 11:20 Eastern. So stick around for that. Now, in other news, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki quickly shot back at Fox reporter Peter Ducey after he compared President Joe Biden to Donald Trump. The quick-witted official has made humiliating Ducey into a sport, followed closely by the internet. But this time, she made it hurt. Well, since you gave me the opportunity here, Saki started after Ducey insinuated that Biden was wielding the DOJ for his own personal whims like Trump did. Former President Trump used his office to incite an insurrection. He put political pressure on senior DOJ officials to propagate lies about the election to the point that they threatened to resign. I think there's hardly a comparison. Now, Psaki's constant takedowns of Fox News Reporter Peter Ducey tickled the internet every time and has launched the hashtag Socky Bomb. Every day he tries to ask a gotcha question and every day he comes up empty-handed and ends up looking like an idiot.
0: Here's the thing about men. Oftentimes, they underestimate women and they think that women aren't smart enough or quick enough or witty enough to keep up and she's all of those things and then some. And I love her. I love her.
1: I wish that they would play... I wish they'd remake the song Cherry Bomb and make it Sasaki Bomb. And then every time she just drags him, mm. they just play it out loud. Yeah. Wouldn't well, that be nice? Yes. Okay, let's get into a little weather. 84 in La Quinta, 84 in Cathedral City, 72 in Cleveland, 72 in Chicago, 79 in Atlanta, 84 in Phoenix, 82 in Miami, 84 in Houston, 84 in Palm Springs, 75 in Vegas, and 72 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day.
0: Many receive advice, only the wise profit from it.
1: I love that. All right, coming up for Red, White & Q, we're joined with Ryan Basham. As a Texas bill <clears throat> is banning transgender students in school sports and it's headed to the governor's desk. We break it down with Ryan next. I am American, American, Come on. American.
0: Come on, RuPaul.
1: American.
0: It's time for another round of Red, White & Q with our political expert, Ryan Basham. Ryan, how you doing? Good
5: morning. Hi, Good honey. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. We're
0: doing well. We're doing well. Uh, the state of Texas, though, is about to become the 10th state uh, to ban all trans student athletes. Uh, this is a big one. Texas isn't. Texas isn't Mississippi. It's not. You know, Alabama. It's not Louisiana. It's Texas. It's a big state uh, that has been trending blue in recent years, but they're not there quite yet. Uh, why does this matter?
5: Oh, God, it matters because, you know, the 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 tragedy is um, we have one political party that's hell bent on um, demonizing our trans siblings, and they're just going to keep doing it. They're just going to keep doing it until we start paying attention to local and state elections. Most of us, and by us, I mean the people listening to this right now, ignore local and state elections, Mm -hmm. or we think it's okay to vote for Republicans in local races because it can't matter that much, right? Well, it does. And this is what happens. It can shatter the lives of trans kids. I mean, I don't think any of us had a childhood where we were like, oh, yeah, that was fine. There was no major trauma. Imagine what it must be like for a trans kid to have their very identity turned into a political football. I mean, just reading some of the accounts of what these kids who went the state capital to capital to advocate for themselves had to go through the. Their parents were being yelled at uh, and called um, child abusers. Uh, this stuff is only going to get worse until we do something about it. And that's something the first thing we need to do is to stop letting Republicans run our states. That's the first thing we need to do.
1: So for somebody like me, because Governor Abbott has indicated that he absolutely intends to sign this. It now feels like it's too late. Like he is in office. He does plan on signing it. Uh, so for somebody that's not very well versed on politics, what would somebody like myself do? Um,
5: This is a little bit of a long game because step one is to put as much pressure on the current elected officials in Texas as we possibly can. That means writing letters, making phone calls, and if we're close enough, going in person and protesting at the state capitol. And that's really, really important, even if it doesn't actually make a change because after that, then we need to make sure that the people of Texas actually show up and stop voting for Republicans (laughs) because in the next legislature with the next governor, if these ones can't, won't undo this or won't stop doing this, the next ones could turn it all around. So step one, protest like your life depends on it because many of our lives do. Step two, actually get voters out to vote these people out of office the next time around
0: here's here i I come back to this a lot because as a democrat i'm really 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 frustrated with our party and have been for a long time right and it feels like we always have um compassion and empathy on our side we've got good ideas on our side we just can't get our ish together and agree on anything and what happens is while we're focused on the white house right or maybe a senate seat every now and then holding on control of the Senate. Republicans are thinking about, uh, I don't know, Supreme Court nominees and judicial nominees across the country, like Trump nominated a record number, right? They're winning these little local elections. They're winning state legislators. They're they're doing things in a way they're redistricting. They worry about the census. Like, they're doing the things that actually, actually impact people's lives. There may very well be more Democrats in this country than Republicans. And it doesn't even matter. So... It feels like their long game is, let's just frustrate them all so they give up. I voted for Al Gore, first time I ever voted in my life. He won, but he lost. Voted for Hillary Clinton, she won by a lot more, and she lost. It feels like the whole system is so rigged against Democrats. It doesn't feel like a democracy. So for people like me who are listening and are thinking, I'm just over it. I'm just tired right now. What do you? What do you say to those people?
5: You know... The first thing I say is, I hear you. And the second thing I say is, but <laughs> the reality is that right there is the attitude that conservatives have been hoping we would have and sowing in our uh, ranks for decades. Conservatives, Republicans, they are a one one issue group attaining power so that we can push conservative values. That's it. And they are. I on the prize, no matter what, even if I don't get what I want this time around, I'm willing to tolerate waiting for my specific issue if I have to, because no matter what, I'm always going to show up and always make sure my people are in office so that sooner or later things go my way. That's how conservatives are. Liberals, Democrats, on the other hand, we get precious about not getting everything our way immediately, we get frustrated because we are a big tent of many issues, many different kinds of people, many ideologies. And instead of uh, having the eye on the prize, no matter what, even though it's a long game, not just one election changes everything, we get focused on infighting. We get focused on who's the most right. We get focused on eating our own the reality is for us to keep up with republicans we have to show up and we have to vote in every election in every race and then spend the intervening time communicating with our elected officials to make sure they understand what we want and how important it is to us people think okay well I didn't get the whole world and everything in it for uh, on, on environmental issues in this one election cycle. I'm just going to sit out the next one. I'm going to send a message or politics doesn't really matter to me, or it doesn't even matter what I do anyway. That's just not how it is. And we need to give that up. It's not the party. That's the problem. It's each individual Democrat and democratic voter. That's the problem. We have to get over our, our um, emotional malaise and get out there and vote and vote and vote, and then also contact, contact, contact our elected officials. If we do that for several election cycles in a row, we will start to catch up with the Republicans. But we have to play the game they play, the way they play it, because the way we're playing it isn't working.
1: Well, Doesn't we want to continue. Uh, a thousand percent. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, we do want to continue having a conversation with you, Ryan Basham, in regards to Colin Powell, who did enact the Don't Ask, Don't Tell, but did later support its repeal has passed away, and we'll discuss uh, his legacy coming up next. I
0: am, very- Welcome back to The Morning Beat in Red, White, and Q. We're joined by our political expert, Ryan Basham. And Ryan, this is uh, this segment here is going to be a tale of two very, very different Republicans. Uh, one of an era that feels like a bygone era. It feels like, the, like we can never, ever see a Republican like Colin Powell again as he passed away earlier this week. And then currently we've got a 26-year-old member of the Congress by the name of Madison uh cawthorne who is problematic af mm-hmm. but i want to pay tribute to mm-hmm. colin powell first and foremost you know he was a uh, former secretary of state uh republican very much so for many many years he was a supporter of don't ask don't tell later became a critic of it and supported uh, the repeal of it and by the end of his life didn't really consider himself a republican Hmm. uh what do you think his legacy is we're seeing all sorts of people pay tribute to him but then donald trump of course doing what he does oh and
1: my god what a statement yesterday he's
0: an he's an idiot but uh, what is colin powell's legacy
5: you know you're absolutely right he is kind of a part of a bygone era when he was um active in politics um the party I voted for wasn't necessarily my identity the way that it is now. That's just our society runs that way now. And it just didn't back then. And don't ask don't tell is a policy that, um, has gone down in history, uh, as something that was not so great, but at the time, um, it was a big win in that, um, you you know, the, the military pushed back hard on allowing queer service members at all. Um, and, and, uh, virtually everyone in washington democrats and republicans got behind don't ask don't tell because it was it was kind of like it wasn't you know legalizing but it was decriminalizing you know what i mean it it left the door open for queer people to serve and that and it's not like we could serve before that <laughs> that was a step in the right direction and and he he did the right thing and came out uh, with apologizing for it basically later um he also struck a tone for a military leader that that I wish more would you know he said he was a reluctant warrior he didn't like war he didn't want to go to war Um, I mean under you know while he was in office we did go to war but he apologized for that too and I wish all of our military leaders and all the people who make decisions about our defense would have an attitude of let's not go to war unless we absolutely have to and uh, imagine where we might be today if that were the case.
1: Mm. Um, I will just say that a friend of mine sent me Donald Trump just because it was brought up Um, the statement that he made where he said that um, he called out fake news and he said that he hopes someday he'll be treated the same way that, you know, Colin was treated. And you really also see the difference between somebody like Colin Powell and Donald Trump. Um, And I feel like we've watched a lot of Republicans sort of over this time not switch fully to being a Democrat, but sort of being like the Republican Party's really intense. Do you think that you're seeing that more as well?
5: Yeah, I you know yes, and and the tragedy of that is that there are so many more Republicans like that that aren't speaking up because say they're still in office and they're petrified of losing their seats, um, or because they are you know their only political re- relevance is their attachment to the to the Republican Party. So there are even more Republicans than we know openly talk like that, but they won't do it because for self preservation reasons or because they're trying to you know maintain some kind of influence um yeah i think it's only going to get more and more like that the problem though is the people who stay are going to get louder and more insistent on their own points of view and we're going to have to find ways to combat that
0: speaking of loud let's talk about this 26 year old congressman from uh uh, is he north carolina yes uh we're talking about madison Cawthorn, uh who recently uh posted a photo of himself praying with the lieutenant governor Mark Robinson, who's problematic AF in his own right, we shared his audio last week. Well, as, as it may be, we have some audio now of Madison uh, speaking out on raising men in America.
3: Our culture today is trying to completely demasculate all of the young men in our culture. I mean, you, you can look at the testosterone levels in young men today, and they are lower than throughout all of history. And there's a lot of reasons for this that we can get into later. But my friends, they're trying to demasculate the young men in this country because they don't want people who are going to stand up. And so I'm telling you, all of you moms here, the people who I said were the most vicious in our uh, in our movement, if you are raising a young man, please raise them to be a monster. Raise. Okay. Wow.
1: Raise men to be a monster. I don't even know what to say because the <clears throat> men that have been raised, not all, but from a female perspective. have become part of the Me Too movement, who've become part of domestic abusers, I mean, who've become Donald Trump's. Like, I. that's terrifying.
5: You know, hearing that, the first thing I think is when they're finally able to get him into court to prosecute him for assaulting women, isn't that tape going to be incredible for the prosecution to play? Like, it's all of the same thing. This is the kind of man who believes that women are the object of, of men, um, that that men are supposed to be this hyper-masculine, toxic, dangerous thing, and that's uh, respectable. You know, I grew up just a few minutes from where he grew up, so I, I know people, like, I grew up with people like that. They are a dying breed, but, you know, like that they say, the candle, Uh, uh, shines bright as fast right before it goes out. That's that's what this is in terms of the hyper-masculinity movement in our society. But make no mistake, we have to push back loudly and aggressively if we want it to die out. We can't just wait for it to dissipate. Men and women and people uh, of all identities and genders everywhere need to stand up and say, no, this is not okay. This is not the society we want. Just because you want it and a small crowd of crazy, ultra, ultra conservative people cheer for you when you say it, doesn't mean that's the America the rest of us want, mm. and and if we don't want to make let that happen, we have to speak up. We have to stand up. We have to be consistent about it. So good.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ryan Basham. Sorry, I was still stuck on that audio. It felt kind of unbelievable.
0: I won't be a monster, that. Michaela.
1: Thank you so much, little brat. I'll be a love bug. Yeah, we need love bug men. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan Basham. Coming up, um, another little brat, Jamie Lynn Spears. She's back Ay-yay-yay. in the news. She uh she's releasing a book in January, but there's one nonprofit who is not going to have her back. And we'll discuss why coming up and what's poppin'.
0: You're listening to the morning beat, it's almost time for another round of what's poppin' first. I want to remind you our show is also a podcast that is poppin'. Uh, you can download it by heading over to we are channel q.com download the Odyssey app, and listen to us anywhere you take your mobile device, please and thank you. Uh currently it's time for what's poppin'. Michaela, what's going on?
1: All right, this story's kind of crazy. So, the nonprofit organization that Jamie Lynn Spears pledged to support through sales for forthcoming memoir has declined to accept any money from the star. And yet, more blowback from the controversial book, This Is My Brave, announced last week uh, that its team passed on an opportunity to receive proceeds from Things I Should Have Said, which is slated to hit stores on January 18th, 2022. This Is My Brave, uh, which is the nonprofit organization said to their fans, We heard you. We're taking action. We are deeply sorry to anyone we offended. We are declining the donation from Jamie Lynn Spears' upcoming book. This Is My Brave further explained in the caption of the post that it had been recommended to be a beneficiary organization for the proceeds, uh, but ultimately made the decision to decline the offer. It's super... I don't know... uh, mm, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. I think that the spears family has created uh so much mental health issues for britney spears and um it does feel like guess a little ironic however does a does an organization have to not receive money, is it, yeah, blood money? Is, it, is it yeah
0: is it actually could that money have been used to help others in need right now you can make that argument does the
1: you could also say you don't want her to have the sales at all because she still benefits somewhat from it
0: and does the notoriety uh that they're now getting because of this decline actually raise more funds than what they would have gotten from her also that's also possible yeah now they're in the headlines and now other people are going to feel a certain way and donate because they denied uh the donation from Britney's sister so I mean there's a couple ways to look at it Uh, regardless it sounds like Britney and her sister are not in a good place
1: not in a good place you know though also with it being in the headlines there's still I mean sure most of the world is like free Britney but there is still a piece of people enough couple of million that will support Jamie Spears because she's that pumpkin
0: spice latte mom. Oh you know what I'm saying? She's the girl that wears the knee high like boots and, and, and tight jeans to the pumpkin patches with the oversized sweater and the totally. big hat and, and the purse and, and, and drinks pumpkin spice lattes for two months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, she's she's basic, really good friends yeah. with Jesse James Decker still course, to this day. Course. And so well, it's like that group of women. I know Jesse. I
0: love Jesse, but Jesse's totally that girl. She's like the poster child for that. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there'll still be people that'll buy it, but it's interesting. All right. Coming up uh, in our next hour, uh, people are obviously very upset, uh, but celebrities are now joining a protest of Dave Chappelle's uh, t- comedy on Netflix.
0: Ashley uh, Marie Preston's behind it all.
1: Yeah, Is, is that who's doing yep. it? Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it. More celebrities coming out next.
0: Come on, we're halfway there. Happy Wednesday. Yes, happy
1: Wednesday. Happy hump
0: day wherever you are. It's the twentieth. You know what that means? Tell me. I've now been forty-one for like three months.
1: Alright. Way I don't to like go. It. Every
0: time the 20th rolls around of every single month, I'm like, ah, my birthday was on this day a few months ago. Yeah. But also, guess what? In eight months, I think from today I get married.
2: That's exciting. So there's
0: that to look forward to. Fresh on the heels of Justin getting hitched. Yes. Had the baby then got married, did that a little bit uh out of order. Hey, he Listen. was a big
3: hit at the wedding. So oh my I
1: don't god, know what you're baby Jonathan Taylor Thomas. This stupid kid is so cute. He walked around with a velvet suit and his sneakers that we bought him that I thought I was so mad at Justin. I was like, you never put him in the clothes, I bought him. And then he showed up on the big day in his conference, we bought him. <sighs> He looked Aww. like a celebrity baby.
0: Should I try to get a baby by my by my wedding? Why not? After eight months. I could yeah. get
3: I could, uh, We we, no? we made it we made it work with the kids at the wedding surprisingly enough oh uh, we're not God, no kids are no nowhere
1: <laughs> they near actually our wedding. did good though there wasn't that many kids there were three or four but
3: uh yeah that's they were a just good kind number. Of sc- scattered and listen I grew up themselves. with kids at
0: weddings yeah so I guess I'm used to that but it not... wasn't
3: it wasn't like romper room I'm gonna just be uh, off the dance floor. I'm gonna
0: be drinking a lot of tequila and I don't know I can't be held accountable for any choices I make when I do that so yeah, I, I don't want kids f- there finding for that. a good babysitter that's listen will, yeah.
1: Justin absolutely. had quite the dirty Shirley's I know because I was on the floor at the bar with him
3: that was not me that was my wife
1: that was you you got drunk too too. me you dr james and dirty, my wife. dirty shirley's
0: oh dirty shirley's are was, you talking he's denying
1: he's denying are it. you
0: talking shirley temples with vodka yeah yeah i haven't heard of that in a while yeah
1: and then we did a walk-off with his guests it was pretty iconic actually Oh well, well
0: okay you're iconic
1: you took your jacket off and it was all over
3: for yep. you <laughs> party time
0: <laughs> well coming up this hour and more serious news there is a planned walkout at netflix today protest or planned. i know ashley Mar- marie preston She's been posting on her social media that it's growing and growing. Uh, she, of course, a trans activist. Um, and uh, another member of the community, Jacob Rostovsky, is a trans therapist and activist. He's calling in to talk to us about what's going on at, at Netflix. We're talking about this, the fallout from Dave Chappelle's, Chappelle's comedy special, right? Uh, Netflix initially stood by him. The CEO has now sort of backtracked. Dave Chappelle has doubled and tripled down. Uh, Where do we stand? How do we move forward uh, on the day where it's all supposed to go down, right? His walkout planned a little bit later on today. So he's going to be joining us for a little bit of a... advice little little midweek therapy if you will in about 15 minutes So stick around for that conversation i'm sure it's going to be powerful uh right now though it's time for news on the beat
1: all right well matt walsh a right-wing blowhard with the conservative website the daily wire has criticized transportation secretary pete Buttigieg judge for taking paternity leave to help his husband raise their adopted newborn twins walsh said it was absurd luxury for public employees like Buttigieg to receive two months off to care for their children on the taxpayer dime because the u.s is deep In debt and facing a transportation crisis, but then he showed his true concern: gays raising kids. He said babies need their mothers, which is why two men shouldn't be allowed to adopt babies in the first place. Walsh recently said, repeating a decade, decades-old anti-anti-LGBTQ line that every child deserves a mother and a father. He said the outrage mob can now start a secondary campaign over that comment. But I'll say it again, two men should not be allowed to adopt babies because babies need mothers. They also need fathers, which is why two women should not be allowed either. Not only is Walsh repeating lies used by anti-LGBTQ organizations around the world, but he's also wrong. Numerous studies have shown that same-sex couples raise children just as healthy as mixed-gender parents, Also, he's inadvertently arguing that single parents should not be allowed to raise kids either. Furthermore, more than 120 countries around the world give parents time off after the birth of a baby to bond with the child and make it easier to handle all of the stresses and work that come with the newborn. The United States does not, but President Joe Biden has made it a priority for his administration.
0: You know how effed up Republicans are in this country? Like conservative sort of thought process think tank here in America is. We're talking, about, it's insane. we're talking about families. We're talking about maternity and paternity leave. First and foremost, they don't even support paternity leave, which is insane, Yeah. right? And they also, they're the ones who have never really supported paid leave, right? You go to Europe, the, the mother and the father get four months off. Four months, both parents. We're talking about a place where, remember I was in Europe the summer, you get six weeks paid vacation, year one on a job.
2: Yeah. You
3: get
0: married you get a 2 week paid vacation to go on a honeymoon so you can like consummate the, the marriage and really bond that's what paternity and maternity leave are about if you really want adults parents to bond with their children let them do that yeah it's it's insane All right, what would the united states and papua new guinea are the only uh, without oh the only countries without mater- uh, paternity leave that's insane because okay we're we're taught so many things as americans that are like oh this is normal you got to work hard it's bowl. Men should also have time to be with their child when it's born. Justin, how much time do you have?
3: I think I took a week and a
0: half. A week and a half. And that was a struggle for us. Mm-hmm. We had to really like move heaven and earth to figure that one out. Listen,
1: he's taking next week off and I'm not ready for it.
0: I know, well that's for his honeymoon, which in Europe he would have two weeks for. Totally. And it would be paid. It's just the way we do things here and the way we're, we're so abused by capitalism in the united states is insane
1: all right let's get into a little bit of weather It's a 79 in new york today 72 in la 75 in vegas 84 in palm springs 84 in miami 57 in seattle 66 in buffalo 72 in cleveland a high of 84 in cathedral city and 84 in la quinta now give us a vibe of the day
0: many receive advice only the wise profit from it
1: i love that all right well coming up jacob Rostovsky as a trans therapist and activist and we're so happy to have them joining us to talk about Netflix and Chappelle, the walkout that's happening coming up next.
0: So the fallout continues from the Dave Chappelle uh, special over at Netflix. There is a planned walkout of employees today. I know Ashley Marie Preston and others have been putting together a march on Netflix, which is right down on Sunset Boulevard, not too far from here. Uh, It's a conversation we've had uh, here on the show. But again, Michaela and I, while we may be gay, We're very much also uh, cis white people, right? We don't fully understand the trans experience. Uh, And somebody who specializes in this exact conversation uh, is a trans therapist and activist. uh, Jacob Brostofsky. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
6: Hi. Hi, good morning. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, thanks for having me
0: on. Well, we really appreciate you because one thing we run into sometimes is, you know, Michaela and I are very, very aware that when it comes to issues of, you know, being black in America or being trans in America, you know, we can empathize and we can support, but we don't we don't know that experience. We don't live that experience. So we try not to speak on it too much. On the other side, we also try not to reach out to our black and trans friends every single time this goes down, something like this happens because that can be traumatizing. So we're trying to like toe the line and be respectful. Um, I want to know your thoughts on this conversation in particular with Dave Chappelle. Uh, The CEO uh, initially came out, fully supported him, uh, Ted Sarandos. And now he's saying, listen, we got it wrong, but they're still not pulling down uh, the special. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? and, And how do we have a conversation that is productive?
6: yeah you know first of all i just want to circle back to one thing you just said is i think it's great when you do reach out to people who are part of community because as you'll see in a second my thoughts really go along with the fact that if you're not part of the community you really don't have much of i guess you don't have much of a say in the game when it comes to what is and what isn't hurtful to a person who's part of a certain community right so i think what most people are missing in this entire conversation is that this entire event has really moved past a bad choice in airing a special and has now become you know a conversation about an extremely vulnerable and at-risk community voicing concerns and not being listened to and that's a common narrative for my community i've been out as trans since i was 13 years old so you know 17 years and the constant battle that i i struggle with is not being heard and having cisgender people and quite frankly gay cisgender people a lot of the time telling me my own experience like how i should be experiencing the feelings that i have around being trans so when you look back to this entire thing with dave chappelle it's not that we're upset that they aired it. it. We're upset that we voiced the comments being hateful and being hate speech and being dangerous, right? Because we're one of the most targeted murdered demographics in the country. And then having leadership say, no, sorry, that's not hateful. Like I think the article, he said, you know, um, hate speech is considered intent to do harm. Well, yeah. Who's, who's to say that that isn't right. So, mm. Um, it's really coming down to us voicing our opinions not being heard and also basically being victim blamed and being told, yeah, sorry, your opinions aren't valid.
1: Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Jacob Rostovsky, a trans therapist and activist. Uh, We're just discussing uh, Dave Chappelle's special. I think the most common thing I've heard is and even from Dave Chappelle um, that he is an ally. He's been an ally to the community and people are also using that as a justification for why it should stay up. How does that make you feel when you hear that?
6: Um, You know, I have a lot of mixed opinions and a lot of mixed feelings about this entire thing. But what it comes down to is someone who is an ally, it doesn't matter what you're an ally of, a true ally listens to community when they're voicing that something is not right. So even if it can be the simplest things. We disagree that the sky is blue. But if you're an ally, you would say, I hear you. I listen to you. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation and tell me how I can do better. So it's not like, you know, you can be a super big supporter, but if you're not listening to us, then I'm sorry, I'm going to have to take that ally badge away because that's, that's just not what being an ally is about
0: I think what some people come up against and and this is where you know in a lot of these different conversations I I tend to I I fully support wholeheartedly you know anybody who's being sort of ostracized or or demonized and because I've experienced it I I, I get it to a degree right Um, but then on the other hand I also understand when people say you know they look at the family of Daphne Dorman right and she and Mm -hmm. the, the family says we have no problem with this we know how he was with our with our daughter and we support this so so I I I guess some people, myself included, I'll be honest, I don't know how to have the conversation. I'm like, well, if Daphne's family is not upset, why is everyone else? But why is it bigger than just, just Daphne and Daphne's family?
6: Yeah, you know, that's a really great question. Um, so it, it comes down to, it comes down to if we allow one person to, you know, with a big name like Dave Chappelle to go out and sort of, make jokes about a community or highlight things about a community. And even if even if the family, you know, Daphne, Dormant's family, is fine with it. What that's saying to the rest of the world is it's okay to make fun and target an already vulnerable community. And so, you know, for me, I like to think, you know, I'm a therapist and I have skills and coping skills and all these things. And I like to think that if, someone says something to me that's transphobic, I can handle that okay. But that doesn't mean that just because I can handle it okay, everyone else can. And so you always have to think to the lowest, most vulnerable member of the community. So by Dave Chappelle saying these things and the person who he's victimizing, family saying, it's cool, no worries. That person who's the most vulnerable is now even more so vulnerable. And that's what concerns me. It's saying it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's giving a free pass to someone who actually, you know, if we want to go to the definition of hate, hate speech, right, that Serrano said intended to do harm, well, it can. That's what it can turn into.
1: Would it have been different uh, going into the world of comedy, doing stand-up? I've pulled a lot of my own material because, um, because that's where we're at. Would it have been different if Dave Chappelle was a trans man doing this stand-up special?
6: You know that's that's a hard one too. I think I don't I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Um, it goes back to that entire thing I just said about when you when you're out there and you're making a joke about a community that's vulnerable. It gives permission to then make jokes because people can't. I love humans, but like, <laughs> let's be real. A lot of humans can, sometimes can't discern like what's okay to make. You know what's okay to say and what's not okay. To say whether or not you're part of a community, right? So when they hear anyone making a joke, it gives them a pass to make that too. And so I just think that my community is not quite yet at that place where we can go up there and, and, and joke about it. Mm. Um, we will be at some point, right? It, it, you can see the evolution of the LGB community mm-hmm. and jokes and stuff being made. We're just not there yet. And so I don't really think it, it would have made I, think, yeah, I, said I think that's
0: important too because a lot of myself included. Michaela is a comedian. I'm like, what? What? What is comedy now? Then because if 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 jokes can't be made about anybody who's like in a min- minority situation, that basically leaves straight cis white men are the only people you can make fun of. And so I I, I hear I hear that, but then also to be kind and compassionate in jokes because I think there are smart ways to tell jokes that don't have to be about somebody's physical body in a way that puts their lives at risk. Like that is oh, just absolutely. a line we can't cross.
6: Yeah, and I think that's a good, good. Uh, I guess what you would say is you know a good way to sort of discern between it because I there's a trans comedian, comedian. His name is Ian Harvey, and he makes these fantastic jokes about being trans male. Like when he's held up at uh, TSA because he has all his toys in the bag, and they have to question. Like that's hilarious, yeah. and those are the jokes that I think. We can tell, because what it does is it humanizes our experiences and then helps people understand. Because I think, and you agree as comedians, that there's a lot of um, knowledge and lessons that can be learned from jokes, right? You can think, wow, you know, yeah. you can grow c- close to people. But when we're, like, tearing down people's bodies and talking about TERFs, right? Yeah. Fusian, uh, or uh, radical feminists, that's where it gets. That that's where it gets a little dangerous yeah. Agreed. Um, well
1: Jacob I, I want to thank you so much for joining us Jacob Rostovsky trans therapist and activist also this conversation can be a bit triggering for maybe some of our listeners um, and so you can always visit TransLifeline.org or call 877-565-8860 again TransLifeline.org thank you so much again Jacob we appreciate it
6: thank you yeah of course
3: yeah. I'm leaving home
0: Alright, so if you've been on a jet plane in recent months, you might have picked up on a little extra tension in the air. I feel like every time, I was just on one this weekend, I was in San Francisco filming uh, for Queerty, actually, and can't wait to share that with you. Uh, But, on the plane, every single time the pilot makes the announcement, you have to wear a mask, it's federally mandated, if you don't, you're going to be asked to leave the plane. Mm -hmm. There's usually one or two people somewhere on the plane who grumble. There's always that person who sits near you who will not put their mask on. Mm -hmm. The flight attendant has to ask him repeatedly. (laughs) It gets awkward and every single person on the plane is just thinking to themselves, one, put your mask on, you moron, because I, I don't want this flight to get grounded. Right. And two... Get over yourself. You don't know something the scientists don't know. Hello. Right? Which is why videos like this one are going viral. This one's got over 2 million views so far on social media. Uh, and she's being deemed uh, 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 Karen in the air. Listen to this woman. She she gets on this plane. Starts walking up and down the aisle. Mind you, her dog is in the carrying case at her seat. She's walking up and the, down the aisle with a microphone not the kind you hold in your hand, but a headset. Like she's giving a TED talk. Icon. Or like she's Britney Spears.
1: Icon. This is my- Oh my I'm not God! Dra- First of all, I gotta take, I gotta step in. We're not dragging this woman. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Bra- I thought about it. I thought about this story. I said, How am I going to approach this? She brought a microphone. Okay,
0: listen. She brought
1: a headset. A headset. She is the Britney Spears of air.
0: But listen, Britney would never do this. Not on her worst day. The privilege of this white lady. To say to then say, first of all, she starts off by saying that the pandemic happened because of too much technology while she wears a microphone headset <laughs> on her head that is transmitting across the entire plane, keep in mind. Then she says, Oh, you gonna cuff me? You gonna cuff me? I'm pretty good to look at, you know. Okay, oh, I'm too pretty to get cuffed, lady, first of all. Okay, she but just,
1: also did you see her haircut like that's the only part where I had to disagree I was like the microphone you had me the two I'm not hard to look at I saw the haircut
0: she sells insurance in the Midwest I know that woman yeah I've seen her you know we all know her yes um and just the privilege in that to think that you're and and here's what gets me I've experienced it with my own sister so I can speak from experience right the con con what not condensation The condescension, condescension, condensation would be like raindrops for me. I don't think she's doing up. She's not doing that. But it's so she's so condescending in the way that she talks like she's just smarter than everybody. else. Like she figured out the whole pandemic. She knows. And also she's wearing a mask. On the plane, like, why get on the I, plane?
1: The whole thing is like her wearing the mask with the headset her, microphone. Her poor
0: dog is probably like, Mom, not again. Yeah, and
1: she has like this colorful scarf that she keeps tossing to the side, and it's just, it's all very intense. However, if I were on the flight, mm. I might have tried to take the microphone and just put on like a show or something. You would do that. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else I would do if I saw that live in person.
0: Is there more, Justin? Yeah,
1: I got a
3: little. Shall we? my dog my dog my dog has better sense than any of you in fact my dog could
0: be a better god for you my dog is my god Wait, wait 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 that was very rough audio so i'm going to break it down for you she said my dog has better sense than you my dog could be a better god for you as a matter of fact my dog is my god
1: okay uh i have you met Rocco? Okay, yes, but- <laughs> I kind of understand. But also,
0: Michaela, what is "dog" spelled backwards?
1: God. God. Listen, we she's love a, our dogs. She's she has insane. a microphone and she loves her dogs. Uh, I, I don't know if I can stay mad at this. Karen. I don't like to
0: joke about mental health, but this lady's cuckoo. Like it's just who does that? Who does that? And these poor flight attendants. I made a comment. That's
1: where I do feel bad. Yeah, I made a comment this weekend. did not sign up for this. To my
0: partner, I said, listen, we, we fly United a lot, and he's a Delta guy through and through. His mom worked for Delta for many years, but I'm Premier 1K on United, so I get a lot of perks and upgrades, so I keep flying United. United has become a trash airline in recent years, and their flight attendants, oh my God, their clothes are wrinkled, their hair's disheveled. They don't give an F. They don't even attempt to look cute, and I'm like, I wouldn't either. No. You're so tired of people's bowl. Who at this has point. to
1: go to work and put up with this every day? It's you need not worth.
3: Like fight pads. at Listen,
0: this Listen, when I flew to Europe this summer, I met this cute little queer uh, flight attendant, and they kind of like caught my eye, and I caught theirs. And it was a long flight, and I was in business class, so it was fancy. And then some guy who probably got upgraded, he did not buy that seat, gets because he got put on last gets one of the little pods in front of me and he takes out his phone and starts filming the flight attendant in, in their face. And the flight attendant kindly asked multiple times, please put your phone down. And then the guy says, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? He's like walking backward towards him. And they had to literally physically put the guy in his seat and say, say, stay quiet. I wouldn't want to do that. I'm not confrontational. A flight attendant shouldn't have to deal with this stuff.
1: Absolutely not. wild. Absolutely not. Okay, something we do want to deal with, though, is super fun. Pride Under the Pines happening in Palm Springs. Finally. Finally, and we're going to talk about it next.
0: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. As the world sort of adjusts to this new normal, some really fantastic things are happening, especially in the Coachella Valley, specifically palm springs palm springs pride is coming back we've got a stage on arenas we can't wait to go see our brothers and sisters and get out into the community once again uh just a couple weeks from now we're going to be there and here to tell us a little bit more about pride under the pines jeremy taylor of ps homeboys jeremy how are you i'm good and how are you we're doing great we're fantastic now can you tell us specifically what exactly is pride under the pines
3: Uh, Pride Under the Pines is the first gay pride in Idlewild, California, which is a little mountain town on the other side of Palm Springs.
1: That's so cute. This is so exciting. So tell us what people can expect and what makes people want to go to Pride Under the Pines.
3: Well, we are starting off with a party bus in Palm Springs that will take uh, local Coachella residents up to Idlewild. And then there we will have live entertainment with uh, drag queens. We have the singer Dandel Hoyt, who was seen on The Boys. Um, then we have, we're going to end our evening with a live interactive screen of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh my God. Oh honey. my
1: God. That's iconic. Come on. Come on. Now, uh, if you want to go, you can go to prideunderthepines.com for more information. Uh, tickets are starting at just $10. Yeah,
0: tickets start at only $10 all the way up to $75 if you want to get the whole pass, the bus, the movie, all of it. If you want to do the whole shebang, you've got nine days, nine hours, 46 minutes, and 10 seconds, according to your countdown. Uh, what What have you missed uh, during this pandemic? pandemic. And what what can your, uh, I guess, pride goers uh, expect that weekend? And and what are you hoping?
3: We're just hoping to bring everybody together again. Everybody has been kind of, you know, stuck in their homes, not been able to interact and socialize. And realistically, we just want to have fun and Let everybody be themselves again
1: well we want to ask you we're talking uh pride under the pines what are some of the safety precautions people seem to be a little bit hesitant but as always you guys are so great what can people expect as far as safety
3: we are asking people who board the party bus up there to show their vaccination card and then once you are up there we're going to let it's an outdoor event so um everybody can just you know Take part of the activities, have fun, and you obviously practice social distancing.
0: I love it. it's all taking place October twenty third, twenty twenty one, from twelve to nine pm. Hosted, I might add, by uh, Miss Rosemary Galore. Rosemary Galore. Uh, for those who might not be familiar with Miss Rosemary, uh, what does what does she bring to the table that uh, your guests are just
3: really going to love? She brings lots of life, laughter, fun. She's super colorful. And she's going to make sure that everybody has a great time up on the
1: mountain. Well, we appreciate you so much. For more information, you can go to Pride Under the Pines. Tickets start at just $10. This sounds so fun. A drag show. You've got Rosemary Galore. Our
0: own Alex D is going to be DJing.
1: That's right. It's going to be so much fun.
0: I think also um, your your party goers might get a little message from us on the bus ride. I'm just saying we recorded something. If you want to use it, go ahead.
1: Listen, it's not going to be cute because my eyelash extensions fell out. But, yes, we will be Maybe having a message for your guests.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You,
0: you too. too.
1: Coming up, should a stereotypical Halloween costume be retired? We're talking with Dr. James Simmons, and it might surprise you. Coming up next.
0: Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, is it time to take a second or a third look at a a very uh, popular Halloween costume that's also potentially stereotypical? Uh, we're talking about the sexy nurse. And we're actually going to talk to our nurse practitioner, James Simmons, in about 13 minutes about this Halloween costume. Is it getting canceled? Should it? Are we overreacting? Uh, His thoughts might surprise you. Uh, So stick around for that if you're still looking for a Halloween costume and considering a sexy anything this year. uh, Maybe time to reconsider. Or not. Maybe you should go as it. Who knows? Uh, You'll find out in just a little bit. James, what James uh, Simmons thoughts are on that. Currently, though, you're going to find out what Michaela thinks about the news because it's time for news on the beat.
1: All right. Well, let's keep on board with Dr. James Simmons. Now, the FDA plans to allow a mix and match approach to COVID-19 booster shots, meaning people can get a different vaccine for their booster dose than they did for their original dose. Last week, FDA vaccine advisors reviewed research from National Institutes of Health that suggested it didn't really matter which type of booster people got. It still provided more protection. Some hope it may encourage people to get boosters and cut down on brand confusion. So far, Pfizer is the only COVID-19 booster authorized for some Americans, but that could change when advisors meet this week to discuss Moderna and Johnson & Johnson boosters. While boosters have been recommended for people 65 and over and some who are immunocompromised, a source says boosters for Americans as young as 40 could be recommended soon. Now, in other news, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki quickly shot back at Fox reporter Peter Ducey after he compared President Joe Biden to Donald Trump. The quick-witted official has made humiliating Ducey into a sport followed closely by the internet, but this time she made it hurt. Well, since you gave me the opportunity here, Psaki started after Ducey insinuated that Biden was wielding the Department of Justice for his own personal whims like Trump did. Former President Trump used his office to incite an insurrection, he put political pressure on senior DOJ officials to propagate lies about the election to the point that they threatened to resign. I think there's hardly a comparison. Saki's constant takedowns of Fox News reporter Peter Juicy tickle the internet every time and has launched the hashtag SakiBomb. Every day he tries to ask a gotcha question and every day he comes up empty-handed and ends up looking like an idiot. It's iconic. It's so iconic. Okay, in other news, Matt Walsh, a right-wing blowhard with the conservative website The Daily Wire, has criticized Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg for taking paternity leave to help his husband raise their adopted newborn twins. Walsh said it was absurd luxury for public employees like Buttigieg to receive two months off to care for their children on the taxpayer dime because the U.S. is deeply in debt and facing a transportation crisis, but then he showed his true concern, gays raising kids. Babies need their mothers, which is why two men should not be allowed to adopt babies in the first place, Walsh recently said, repeating a decades old anti LGBTQ line that every child deserves a mother and father. The outrage mob can now start a secondary campaign over that comment, he continued. But I'll say it again. Two men should not be allowed to adopt babies because babies need mothers. They also need fathers, which is why two women should not be allowed either. Not only is Walsh repeating lies used by anti-LGBTQ organizations around the world, but he's also wrong. Numerous studies have shown that same-sex couples raise children just as healthy as mixed-gender parents. Also, he's inadvertently arguing that single parents should not be allowed to raise kids either. Furthermore, more than 120 countries around the world give parents time off after the birth of a baby to bond with the child and make it easier to handle all of the stresses and work that come with a newborn. The United States does not, but President Joe Biden has made it a priority for his administration. Yeah,
0: you want to talk about the family deteriorating in the United States. It's not because of queer people. It's not because of single parents. Right. It's because the families don't have time to spend together. That's right. Because you're supposed to work your entire life we don't get paid maternity leave in some cases paternity leave in almost any case europe gets four months for the mom and the dad four months united states gets zero for the men awful it's just insane if you want to talk about family values come on
1: come on let's spend some time together All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 84 in La Quinta, a high of 84 in Cathedral City, 79 in St. Louis, 72 in Cleveland, 77 in Baltimore, 57 in Seattle, 84 in Miami, 72 in Kansas City, 84 in Palm Springs, 75 in Vegas, and 72 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day.
0: Many receive
1: advice. Only the wise profit from it. Love that. All right, well, coming up, should a stereotypical Halloween costume be retired? We're going to talk with Dr. James Simmons coming up next.
0: All right, so we're, so we're inching closer and closer to Halloween. And one of the most popular costumes every single year, part of pop culture, it's sort of iconic, is the sexy nurse, right? Have you ever been a sexy nurse, Michaela? No. What have you been that's sexy?
1: I was a banana one time. And it was really cute.
0: A sexy banana?
1: I don't do the sexy girl But costumes.
0: you do sexy every other day of I do sexy in real life.
1: Earth. Like, the po- the photo I'm going to be posting to on Instagram, straight hoe. So I try to, like, do, you know, regular stuff for Halloween.
0: Well, my partner uh, literally just texted me this morning and said, hey, uh, Squid Games, uh, Squid Game costumes are trending on Amazon oh right now. Oh, my God,
1: now. I know. So
0: no. I'm like, cool, can I be the pink thing with the mask and all that? And you can be, like, one of the competitors, one of the, the, the contestants. Number 69, preferably. That would be nice. Um, but... Sexy nurse. Iconic. We have our own very sexy nurse that oftentimes joins us for very serious conversations in What the Health. But there's so much more to nurse practitioner Dr. James Simmons, and he's here to tell you uh, about some of the other sides of his more flowerful, colorful, flowerful uh, life. Dr. James, I'm nervous to talk to you right now, but you are a nurse practitioner. Are you offended by nurse costumes, sexy nurse costumes, or you sort of love them?
4: I'm offended by the word flowerful. (laughs) You know, I'm like, what was that word? I meant flowery and colorful, and I, I, flowerful, Flowerful. it's a thing. No, I actually, I sort of love it. I'm going to adopt that. I'm going to try to figure out a flowerful costume for Halloween. That's what I'm going to do, flowerful. Listen, I, I honestly, I have to go back, I go a little bit back and forth on this one, although I do land on one side. I have been a sexy nurse in the past. Let me just, like, get that out there before people try to cancel me. They're like, you were a sexy nurse. I was a sexy nurse while I was in nursing school. Controversy, right? And then I got read for filth by all of my like nursing colleagues who were like, boy, what the hell are you doing? So listen, it's fun and cute and all of that stuff. But what it does now is it really does take away from people understanding the actual true nature of nursing as a perfection. And nurses are often abused Multiple times sexually assaulted, and this is at work, like in the workplace. And people don't understand that there are millions of dollars that, like, the NIH and all these other organizations give nurses to do research. Like, literally, we the HPV vaccine, why we like vaccinate people, and all that discovery was nursing. Like, there's I give this uh, education on this radio channel with y'all's show twice a week at least as a doctorally prepared nurse. But then if you see me with my ass hanging out in a sexy nurse costume, that devalues what nursing brings to medicine and to healthcare. And it really does sort of plant in people's minds. Like even, you know, our girl Meg the stallion, right? She has this new album getting ready to drop and she looks cute in her little nurse outfit, whatever. But all of the comments with all of that stuff was like, oh, nurse Meg, come over. I think I need some, I think I need some nurturing and some. That sexualizes nurses. It, it perpetuates misogyny. It's just problematic all around.
1: Yeah, I guess when you say it like that, because I always felt like it, you know, yeah, it's like sexy and it's also like nurturing. And even like when Lisa gets sick, I try to be like a cute nurse for her and be nice. But uh, yeah, how about not? Because honestly, the nurses saved so, so many lives for so long, but very much particularly during COVID-19.
0: That, well, yeah, yeah. And also like, is this always been a thing, Dr. James? Like, were nurses always sexy? Because, like, I... Me, personally, I think back to, like, Blink-182's album, uh, Enem of the State. And the nurse on the front putting on the gloves. Oh, my got God,
1: the, with the big implants. Yeah, yeah, the boobs
0: and the red... Like, th- that's sort of where the start of it was for me. Because for that, I feel like it was, like, Nurse Nurse Ratchet back in the day. Like, that wasn't sexy. Like, when did this, like, start? Do you have any idea, like, how this kind of came about? Where it sort of came from?
4: I mean... It- no, I don't know, like, if there's a specific moment in time, but I do feel like that there are, you know, nursing has been and still remains, but it's changing. A predominantly female profession. And so if we look at these, like, let's fetishize a woman. Let's make sure that we, you know, keep women in their place in terms of, like, the education that you're able to provide, the services that you're able to render. And you, what you can do best as a woman is clean me up and then make me feel good. Right. Mm. So then, that. God, I'm getting angry just hearing that. Yeah, it's it's crazy and creepy and gross. And I I literally go back to thinking about like the nurses that I know who were like intubating patients and cracking chests open and putting in chest tubes and doing everything we could do to keep people alive during COVID and all the time before that. I feel the least sexy at work. I promise you, it's what we do is 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 difficult and emotional and oftentimes really, really, really gross. And that is as a bedside nurse and as a nurse practitioner, I'm in my scrubs. I smell, the patients smell. Like, it's just messy, but that's why we sign up for this, and it is a calling. And then to have people be like, oh, I need you to come over in this cute little outfit and make me feel good, like, meh. I'm not trying to be on some, like, overly PC cancel culture sort of mess about this, right? Like, I'm not tripping if I see somebody with a nurse costume when I go out on Halloween. But also, like, it... I don't like it. Yeah, this is kind of an an iconic
1: conversation. conversation. I'm going to be honest. I don't agree with cancel culture either, but you're totally right. You're dealing with like old people and young people and people that have been in car accidents and people that may lose their life. it's it's nothing sexy. It
0: doesn't feel that different to me than saying like, oh, lesbian women, they're all like interested in being fantasies for men or like, or all black men have large penises or all Asian women are super sexual and want to give you a massage. It's like these outdated tropes. All gay men do drugs and they're they're hoes. But we also do
1: that with police officer cops. Costumes and the handcuffs. Like, if you really break it down, mm-hmm. the costumes that women will wear and that men will wear—from nurses to police officers. I mean, you can't say defund the police and then show up at a Halloween well, party it, with yeah, handcuffs. It goes, it
0: goes way beyond yeah. not wearing like Native American headdresses yeah. for Halloween and thinking you're okay. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, Doctor James. I do follow some really, really attractive nurses on like TikTok and Instagram, uh, and there's something about a man in scrubs that is very attractive. Am I allowed to feel that way and also be like grateful that like these guys are really good at their jobs too?
4: I yes, I do. I do <laughs> think that, that the case because I also, ultimately I think what this comes down to is it's, it's the misogyny of it that it's the misogyny for me that really rubs it the wrong way. Right, like when you when we think of sexy nurse costume, none of us in our mind think of a guy with his, you know, the scrub top ripping open and, you know, he's maybe got a hairy chest or I shouldn't say guy like person with a hairy chest or like whatever. And it's ripping open. We don't think that. We think of a woman in a short skirt, overly sexualized doing that thing. And that, that to me is the whole issue. Like if we're going to move past this sort of like women in medicine and, and women in nursing and how do we treat those individuals? And, you know, I think just the contradictory point to me is like, 20 years in a row, the profession of nursing has been voted in the United States the most trusted profession. Mm. Yet you turn around and devalue what I do for you and your family and your loved ones on the daily by dressing up in this cute little costume. You better preach. You better
0: preach.
1: All right, thank you so much, Dr. James. Now, coming up, we've been on some pretty terrible dates, but one woman went viral on TikTok after this date went horribly wrong. We talk about it next
2: tell me something
0: good i'll tell you something great we're gonna start off uh, we're gonna head over to colorado springs i was stuck there this summer on a detour trying to see michaela gordon perform in denver oh my god
1: that's right our plane
0: got rerouted for hours i sat on the runway during a thunderstorm so i've never actually been to colorado, <laughs> colorado springs but i was close um and a man by the name of tony rojas he's a homeless chef uh who's always dreamed of owning a food truck now 18 months ago, he lost his job because of the pandemic. And now his dream has come true and he's going viral on TikTok because that's where all dreams come true.
2: And this was also
0: made possible by the Dream Machine Foundation and their their team who's been traveling the country to help as many people as they can. Take a listen.
2: Tony has no idea we're about to surprise him with his very own food truck. I can't wait to see his reaction. Tony! Mm -hmm. Might not be homeless after today. I got a little surprise for you. Pop in. This forty thousand dollar food truck is yours. No way. Be kidding? Right now? No. (laughs) This is yours. You own this.
0: Listen. Oh, what is what is the saying? What is the saying? You uh, give a man a eat for a day. Teach a man to eat for a lifetime. Something like that. Like they gave this man a forty thousand dollar food truck. They gave him what they actually gave him was so much more valuable. They gave him the opportunity to be creative and to be an artist again, and to be a chef and to share his talents. That is unbelievable. A chance they gave him a chance is what they gave him. Our producer Justin's about to start crying. So adorable. Yeah, this so video great. has over thirty-five million views in twenty-four hours.
1: Yeah, amazing. That's
0: like that's like Adele music video. Numbers. Yes, that's insane. Of
1: course.
0: Congrats, Tony. I got to go to Palm or where is it? Palm Springs, not Palm Springs, Colorado Springs and try out his food truck one of these days.
1: Okay, well if this doesn't if that did not make you cry this well, uh, Reed Alexander was battling kidney disease, uh, but thanks to TikTok, he has a new husband and a new kidney because the pair were matched on Tinder in August 2020, and they're now married. Uh, I'm sorry, I said TikTok. I meant to say Tinder. Uh, they met on Tinder in August 2020, and then Diaz donated his kidney to his new husband. Um, but it really bonded them, because shortly after they started dating, Alexander shared that he suffered from Alport syndrome, a genetic disease that causes damage to blood vessels in the kidneys, among any other symptoms. So just weeks after they started to date, uh, Alexander had to undergo surgery to prepare for dialysis. So Diaz stepped in to help Alexander recover. He said he stayed at the hospital for me and drove me home and everything. And he's the first person to ever get me flowers. So, yeah, I kind of knew he was the one. They got engaged in February, married in April, had a little small ceremony. And these two are just literally not bonded at the hip, but bonded at the kidney for sure. Aye, I mean, aye. that's incredible. Love it. I love that. All right. Well, Listen. Tell Me Something Good is brought to you uh, by McDonald's. Any moment that can give you sweet relief is a moment to look forward to. Now for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte, hot or iced for just $2. Prices may vary. As always, thanks for listening to our show. We have a great show for you tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.